0: So, this past week, we've seen some troubling spikes in COVID numbers, not only in this province here in Ontario, but particularly in Alberta and BC. In fact, uh, British Columbia, they have uh, rolled back and put back in place some restrictions, which now include uh, no more self service bars. You can no longer go up to the bar and just order and get a drink. Uh, no dance floors allowed any longer either. That at the request of their uh, health minister, their top doctor, Dr. Bonnie Henry. And a lot of this spike, of course, this past uh, couple of weeks has been laid at the feet of 20-somethings who are partying in groups at bars and restaurants. Our next guest says that there could be a psychological explanation for that. Steve Jordans is a psychology professor at the University of Toronto and joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Steve, good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. This is a really interesting. Uh, Lay out for us what you think is going on. What's at play here with the 20-somethings in COVID?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there's this really interesting psychologist of the past named Abraham Maslow, and he came up with something called the hierarchy of needs, which really just describes what's sort of on our mind, what is the driving thing that, that occupies our mind and he, it starts with things like biological needs, that if you don't have all your biological needs, you need those and, if, and you'll think about it and worry about it. If you have those then it's safety needs and then above that are these social needs and that's the, st- the place where most of these 20-somethings are. Um, they, they've you know lived with their parents for a long time but now as they sort of break apart from their parents they're trying to establish a social network, and that's that network that will be with them literally for all their lives, you know, including maybe their their partner in life, um, but also including these friends that, that are with them for a long time. So a lot of us that are older, we've kind of done that, and we have a relatively established social network, and sure, we're, we're still interested in meeting new people and such, but our sure. minds are probably more focused on uh, being doing a good job at work and getting being respected and valued by others those guys it's really about the social network and they've been holding back for a long time.
0: Yeah, this is so interesting because it explains a lot because, uh, listen, I'm past my 20s for some time now, and I will say this, that uh, you're absolutely right. I'm worried about my health and safety first and foremost, doing a good job at work, and really i have kind of, in some ways, enjoyed the isolation, at least uh, early on. It's uh, been nice to be out of the hustle and bustle, but yeah, it's so different for those in a different demographic in that younger age bracket.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we could just sort of, this is one of the funny things is, is as we age and as we mature, um, we forget what it was like, you know, to be at different points in that aging thing. And But most of us, if we put any serious thought into the 17-year-old version of ourselves, and what did we spend most of our time Focused on and worried about, it was what we were doing with our friends and, and connecting with our friends, and you know that's who we spent all our time with. Uh, so it is, it's a you know that time is is very critical for that. And again, it, there's good reason because at a time like COVID, or any time we have stress or anxiety or, or grief that we deal with, it's that social network that we reach out to, and, and it is a great sort of mental insulator. It helps our mental health to know that these other people are there and that they care. Uh, And so it's it's very reasonable that they're building these networks now. And and it's, you know, very challenging for them to, to just avoid doing that, to inhibit that natural thing to do.
0: So do we need a paradigm shift when it comes to uh, how we're thinking and uh, how we're looking at uh, 20-somethings in the younger demographic through the COVID lens? Because I think there's a lot of people, particularly of an older generation, saying, oh, these kids just think they're invincible, they don't care, they're uh, irresponsible, when really what they're trying to do is, as you suggest, just meet what is uh, that hierarchy of needs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think to some extent that that's true. And and, and when it comes to the, the breakdown of rules and stuff, sometimes that's the convergence of of a bunch of different things. So for example, when they're introduced back into contexts that they were familiar with pre-COVID, bars, restaurants, etc., the places where they met people, just being in that context will trigger a bunch of habits from the past. Um, And especially if that context is one, if if you're having a couple of drinks of beer, you're going to take your mask off regularly. And this is not a context where we have the habit of putting that back on Uh, and what's especially important to kind of think about is following rules what that really means now isn't so much following rules it means inhibiting the natural things we used to do all the time because they're now fearful. The handshaking, the hugging, the and so it's about being able to inhibit all the time. And of course, once you have two drinks uh, in in your body, alcohol, one of the first thing that goes is your ability to inhibit. Um, and so, you know, that combination of the context they're in, their desire to meet others, and a drink or two, um, you know, is is really the sort of perfect storm for for making them just kind of go back to their previous way of existence, which, by the way, we all wish we could do. <laughs> so, so when you're <laughs> in that mindset, you know, once you have a couple of drinks in you, it probably feels really nice to them to just, you know, be able to behave the way they were used to behaving. Um, and, and so it might be, the, you know, the next morning when they kind of wake up and think, oh, shoot, I, that, that was more risky than I thought.
0: Yeah, and who didn't uh, wake up in their teenage years or in their 20s and think the same thing, right? Regret uh, the night before. Having said that, though, I mean, the 20-somethings today are in a very different era than when we were in our 20s. And there, of course, is a thing called the Internet and being able to uh, socially connect on various apps and on FaceTime, really have that face-to-face experience. I mean, not in person, but at least see someone else's face. Why does that not satisfy their hierarchy of needs and their need to socially uh, interact? Is it just a fact that you just truly can't replace a human connection?
1: To some extent. When, anytime we're interacting with each other, like even now you and I, there, there's almost always two channels of information we can talk about. There's the information, which is contained with our words, so the message we're sharing. But then everything about our nonverbal, the, the tone of our voice, you know, whether you chuckle when I say something or sigh or all of those things. That tells us your emotional state. And on things like Zoom, we also of course can see the body of the person and our body language conveys a lot of that, but it doesn't do it accurately. It's a little off. You cannot look somebody in the eye in a Zoom call and when you're, when you're sitting in person, you know, across the table from somebody and you have something really important to say to them that you really want them to understand, we do things like look them in the eye and use other nonverbal cues. And all of those nonverbal things are also where we feel that emotional connection. So, you know, I like to say you can type something and they can type back LOL, and that's great. Um, but if I say something to you now and you laugh, you literally laugh, um, I don't just hear that you're really laughing, but but I f- kind of share that. Um, I, I feel that happiness that you feel. And so that's where the real emotional connection can come from. And a lot of these technological solutions aren't quite giving it. Um, and I think that's why we're all, you know, we hear about Zoom fatigue and all of that. I think all of us are yearning just to... You know, for me, I'm in a band and <laughs> two of the band mates we <laughs> haven't been able to get together for a long time. And yeah, I'm really yearning to, to hang out with those guys and have a, have a fun evening at some point.
0: Sure. Let me ask you just finally, and this is maybe the million-dollar question, yeah. if the spike in COVID numbers can be traced back to the 20-something, the 20 demographic, how can we take this information, harness it, use it, and uh, flatten the curve, as it were, or those uh, numbers that are spiking in that demographic?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the other things I'd like to point out is if we you know, go back to the, the uh, Bellamy, shoot, I lost the name of the the park, <laughs> but, that, but that park where Bellamy whatever, oh, where Trinity, was on. Trinity Bellwoods Park? Trinity, Trinity Bellwoods, there we are. Um, you know, at that point, there was you could call it a mistake on the part of the young people or, or release. They all kind of were enjoying that previous existence. And then we all, on radio shows and TV shows, kind of came down on them. And what happened? Well, they largely just listened. Um, I mean, we're still seeing pockets of them coming together, but I think we're kind of doing the right things now in the sense of just, you know, not blaming them, trying to to understand them, but also giving the message that this is really dangerous and that, and that it could impact, you know, in, in very severe ways some people. Uh, just to sort of reiterate that morning after we were talking about, it, so that, you know, they, as they hear this message, from everything I've seen, um, they're, they're not being jerks about this. They're just slipping and doing natural things. And, and I think just a reminder now and then, I, I'm a little worried about bars because bars are the biggest challenge for them, um, you know, to, to continue following rules for all of us, really. Um, but other than that, I think we just keep saying what we're saying. They're, they're, not, they're not stupid people. They're listening and they're thinking and they're trying. Um, and I think every now and then it, it's just a good reminder is, is important.
0: You bet. Fascinating stuff. Steve Jordans with the University of Toronto. Steve, thanks again for the time. Thank you, Jeff. Have a great day.